Welcome to Sci-Fi Tech Talk, the podcast where we explore the technology of sci-fi. I'm Julie Keel, and with me today is Mike McPeak. Hello. And Jeff Sire. Hello, everyone. And this week we're going to be talking about World War Z. Um, the, the quick synopsis, and it's actually written by a uh, fellow by the name of Kenneth Chisholm, but it was on the imdb.com uh, uh, website. Uh, says that life for former United Nations investigator Jerry Lane and his family seems content. Suddenly, the world is plagued by a mysterious infection turning whole human populations into rampaging, mindless zombies. After barely escaping the chaos, Lane is persuaded to go on a mission to investigate this disease. What follows is a perilous trek around the world where Lane must brave horrific dangers and long odds to find answers before human civilization falls. I thought that was a pretty good synopsis. Yes. Um, yeah, zombies. Okay, zombie thing. Okay, first off, everybody was saying how awful World War Z was and that the book is much better. I've not read the book. I This is like the first Brad Pitt thing I've ever seen, so I got no prejudices there either. And I okay. thought it was a decent I, flick. I, I call that one. Yep. This is the first time you've ever seen a Brad Pitt movie? Yeah, where else would he be? You've never seen a movie with Brad Pitt in it. Not that I'm aware of. Mm, oh, my God. Star Trek? So, you know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm just trying to bring up uh, Brad Pitt movies here and to see what uh, what he's done. Okay. You've you never seen Snatch? No. Oh, I mean, the only God. thing I know about Brad Pitt is he's, like, married to Angelina, whatever her name is. Angelina Jolie? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Fight he's, Club? Nope. No. What? I know it. The first rule of Fight Club is to watch Fight Club. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen it either, but I mean. You um, don't understand the sheltered life I lead. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I thought all women watched Brad. Okay, let me tell you. I'll, yeah, he's high on my list of people to watch more movies from. Oh, boy. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah. Nope. Like I say, no prejudice is there, though. So to me, this well, is just a flick with, you know, zombies. Have Have either of you guys read the book? Nope. Okay. The and book... I, yeah, and everybody like, was saying it was so much better, and I was waiting for a Starship Troopers movie. Uh, no. Yeah, no. Well, okay, One. I think one of the issues is that uh, it... Because you do hear, oh, like, oh, the book is so much better. I think in this case, it's not that the movie is bad it's just that they essentially took the name world war z from the book and they took uh the idea of somebody working for the united nations and that's the only and zombies and that's the only two things that are similar they completely like i wish they had used another name i wish they hadn't called it because then you go to the theater with the ideas like, okay, this is going to be like that book I read, and it's nothing like the book. Okay, so like, because Eon Flux last week was, it was based on a book, and they changed some things, but it kind of, there was some similarities to the book. This one here, you mean, except for the name and a couple of, you know, similarities, there's nothing in common well, with the book then. When I heard that they were going to make this movie, like, the people that I know that have read it, when we talk about it, like, I don't know how they're going to do it, because... The book is in the format of it's 10 years after the war and the the guy – like they never even name him as Jerry. They, you never know the guy's name. He's just the writer 
Uh, like it's written by Max Brooks, so you could maybe assume it's Max Brooks or whoever the writer is. He's been working for the United Nations to document the war. And he, in the foreword, he says he's talking to his boss and he says, you know, it's too bad I have all of these interviews and I don't know what to do with them. And his boss says, well, why don't you write a book? So he says, essentially he says at the end, so that's what this, the following is, is a compilation of my interviews um, to document the zombie war. Mm-hmm. So what it what it is is a series of interviews where he talks to different people all over the world and about what they did and their part of the zombie war. Now, in the movie, you see reflections of this. Like, he spends a lot of time talking to a Mossad agent in Israel, and you see that guy reflected as a character in the movie. He talks to a Chinese doctor who was uh, treating one of the first, you know, patients in China. And you see that reflected in the part where they go to South Korea, um, except for in that scenario, the, the doctor got infected. Um, so so there's there's a couple of little things where they draw on, but it's like he never even says what his own name is. He is not a part of the story other than the fact that he's the guy asking questions. Um, you don't know any of his background, and like I said, you, you're not even sure what his name is. I don't believe they ever even say his name. Which... As you describe it, how on God's earth would you make that a movie? Well, that's what I said. Like when when we heard that they were going to be making a movie of this, I remember talking to people and were like, "I don't know how you can film something." The only way you could do that is as a narrative, you know. And and even then, if 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 the book is written as one person interviewing another, you're going to have to you know have the interviewer in the movie as much as the interviewee. So yeah, I mean to me, you've just described a book that's like almost impossible to make a movie out of. Because unless say, say say you make a two hour movie, you're only going to have have maybe four or five interviews, and that's not enough stories to have like a a, a narrative thread. Like in the book, right? He's pro- he probably interviews. Uh, 20 different people and some of them are multiple interviews that he has space throughout the book well, in order to make it like so you can see like a narrative chain maybe right? maybe the the uh, the Europa report is an example of maybe how uh, that could have worked because that was kind of uh, how that was sort of a found a found, a found footage. footage yeah you yeah. could you could do it like that that would be closer to the format yeah uh, just kind of like uh, piece together footage of his interview tapes or something like right. that. You could do it, but then, like, what you end up with then is like at least in found footage movies, they're running around with a camera. These interviews, it would be really just a series of people sitting around talking. Right. That would make for much of a movie either. Oh yeah, snooze fest. So, so yeah. So enough about the book because the movie is kind of awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, the movie like. The way they they deal with the zombies is different. Like this whole like uh, oh you know the uh, the solution of infecting themselves that is not has that is not in the book at all. Right. And that is I think that is the biggest place where they deviate from the kind of the story of the book. And I think that's the biggest failure of the movie. Is that's a stupid. I thought it was a stupid idea. <laughs> Actually, I thought I rather like that because to me that kind of beckoned back to um, War of the Worlds. Where you know the the littlest thing is going to be what mm. actually saves humanity. 
Oh, you mean infect themselves where they would take a disease that would make them yes. weak but not kill them so that the zombies would uh, leave them alone. That's yeah. what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. basically this this twerk of human the human condition that, you know, we just all accept um because it it's been that way forever becomes the thing that absolutely thwarts, you know, this major catastrophe that would wipe out the human race. Um, you know, whether germs in the case of, you know, bacteria in the case of War of the Worlds or, you know, terminal diseases in the case of terminal infectious diseases in the case of World War Z, you know, that stuff being used um, for our benefit, you know, things that we think of as being horrible, awful things that we'd like to eradicate off the face of the earth, actually having a useful purpose that we could not have foreseen um, is a common trope, perhaps there. Well, now, okay, I I know we're going to do the movie here, but in the book, did they ever address what was the cause of the infection? Did they ever uh, no. try to explain that? They Well, they go back to patient zero. Uh, essentially, I believe it's patient zero, and it's uh, they find it in China, uh, this person in China. They've been infected, but they still never determine how. And at the end, like this is 10 years after, they, they have – there's some um, – the war is essentially over, but like there's a bunch of kind of leftover things. One is uh, they have somebody that they're talking to in Canada uh, where the, what happens is the zombies get frozen. So they go out in the wintertime and they, they look and find them and then they hack them up because they're all frozen in the, in the ice and the snow. And then every spring, the zombies thaw and then come out of the woods and stuff like that. And nobody can go swimming anymore because the zombies go into the water and they're stuck at the bottom of these lakes. And there's all these stories of people who go swimming and they get pulled down and killed by the zombies. So, because the zombies do, oh, don't Oh, God, die. does that make for a great campfire story? <laughs> yeah, I am so like, using I thought, that one. <laughs> I thought that would be perfect for a movie. And they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, that was one of the things they didn't talk about. Because that was one of the issues was anytime... Uh, there were ships um, coming ashore. There were routinely zombies would wander out of the ocean because they had ships that had uh, got infected and then the zombies had all been thrown overboard or fell overboard and they've been just wandering around the bottom of the ocean and then they finally wander out of the ocean. So zombies aren't buoyant or what? No, I I guess not. Yeah, what the Okay. Oh, Science. Well, well, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to, if you just go with the zombie thing, don't think a lot about the science, because there's a, a few things like, yeah, yeah, why wouldn't there flesh rot? I mean, even if it is, you know, um, you know, zombie flesh, you'd still think that it would rot or whatever. Uh, the way that they would keep burning, uh, going even after like they were burned, because they showed that one place where uh, they had burned, with the, one of the first infections, they'd burned them all, and you could still see a, a finger there was twitching in the ashes. So. There was one scene towards the end of the movie, too, that was the same thing. Everything had been burned, but there was still like one body that didn't quite get all charred, and it was in there just hack, you know, twitching away. Yes. And, you know, it feeds into your nightmares, but, uh, yeah, just don't poke the science too much. But, you know, yeah, disregard that, and you can – it was a certainly an interesting movie. Yeah, and speaking of science, it's interesting that the scientist, the young genius who was supposed to save the world, managed to shoot us himself, you know, before well, I, I even got started. I had to go back and rewatch that because – 
okay, the, yeah, the, 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 the scientist is going to save the world. He just shot himself? Yeah, yeah, accidentally. Yeah, he yeah. tripped and you know pulled the trigger, basically. Boom. And I'm thinking, Einstein, okay, what, what, what are you going to do now? What's, you know, Brad Pitt's not a scientist. You know, I guess that's how the story evolves. But, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, how is he going to do this if your, your one great last hope just accidentally blew his brains out or well, whatever it you was. know, so. to some extent, good on them, I, you know, because you could have easily abandoned the mission at that point. It's like, you know, your only hope just is dead on the tarmac, not even, didn't even make it out of the cargo hold. Um, right. And, you know, so, you know, mission over, you know, so. Uh, yeah. How do you explain that? Uh, you call them up and say, hey, on the bright side, our science, we don't have to worry about our scientists becoming infected by, with, by the zombies. On the downside, he's dead. But you know, <laughs> well, you got to you got to admire the uh, attitude that the military guys in South Korea took. It's like, okay, he was supposed to save the world. He's dead. Carry on. You know, yeah. you're it. Here's what we got. Go. Um, you know, so it was, you know, kind of the resourcefulness, or basically, I don't we call it desperation. Call it, you know, no other choice. You know, life goes on. Let's deal with this. Moving on. So um, that was, I, I mean, to, to be perfectly honest, I thought that was one hell of a plot twist. Um, because, you know, you, you kind of had this boy genius up there talking about this, that, and the other thing. And he was just laying out words of wisdom on the, on the uh, plane ride uh, over to South Korea. And then literally does not hit the ground in South Korea before killing himself. Um, and all you had was the very few things that... Um, he had to say to me there's uh, somebody made the comment um, as we were getting ready to record that there's really not a lot of tech in here there's not but there's a lot of science um, and that's a pretty decent substitute in my book uh, one they're tied together so you know the, well, the the science that he was talking about <laughs> basically called mother nature a bitch and oh my god is that true <laughs> yeah go through a winter into Dakotas say, we live here. in the Dakotas <laughs> yeah <laughs> Talk to us, uh, you know, in the middle of January about you know winter and you know Mother Nature and, and bitch. We'll give you a conversation. As the trees are already <laughs> turning. Oh my God! Anyway, I know, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, could, are, are you guys aware about the massive amount of reshooting that they had to do for this movie? I did. You know, I read some of the trivia on this. There was a couple of yeah. things. Highest grossing film Brad Pitt's ever done, and the the weapons they shot some of this stuff in like Eastern Romania, I think it was, um, but. They had to take the weapons over there, and they basically got confiscated because they didn't um, de- not deactivate them. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, they didn't make them so you couldn't be use them in the right way. Um, so there, there was all kinds of things, and, and there's some, some twerks in there, too, about um, a lot of things were actually shot, I think, in the U.K., but they were trying to make it appear like Philadelphia, so there are, like, uh, British signs you know, hiding behind what appear, which are supposed to appear to be U.S. you know street signs and that type of thing. Oh, right. So it's like, ah, uh, yeah. If, I didn't notice any going through the film the first time, so I'd, I'd have to so, go back so and look close. What what city was the stand-in for Philadelphia? I, it was, I believe, it was in Wales. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, like I've never been to Philadelphia, so I didn't. Yeah, you know, I didn't even know it was in the states. Yeah, they they. they um, a lot of it um, was done overseas. The the scene where they take off from Israel, 
that is where the reshooting started, I believe, because the original cut for the film, the original idea was they were supposed to that that plane was going to Russia. And once he got to Russia, he was put into the Russian army and he spent the next three years fighting his way to Africa. And then that was where the climax of the film. So the, the, the second half of the film was supposed to be all constant zombie fighting. And I, I, this, one of the things that I read said that they felt that the, they, that you would have been like <laughs> overwhelmed with zombie fights. So they changed the plot around to the whole thing going to Wales. Yeah, I, I, speaking of Wales too, it wasn't Wales; yeah. it was actually Glasgow, Scotland. Glasgow. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was going to say that it's a, about the right amount of zombie fights in there because after you know a while of bodies being flung at you, literally flung at you, you know, it gets a little little tiring. So I would say uh, they had for me about the right amount, no more. And I'm glad they did change the you know the movie then to more of a scientific let's try to figure you know something out here let's try to find the cure or find some solution to the problem did you also note the nod to doctor who the who doctor the who doctor the the uh, peter capaldi plays the doctor for the world health organization oh i didn't oh yeah I thought he looked familiar. I'm not really up on the Doctor Who universe, but I knew that that one doctor in there is going. He seems vaguely familiar for some reason. So okay, that would okay. Yep, and that's the way he, he was credited in the film was W H you know W period H period O Who Doctor rather than Doctor Who. That's funny. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it didn't. And nobody knew. Uh, apparently, somebody on the film had inside information that that was going to happen, but it had not been announced until after the film had been released, much less filmed. So, um, yeah, it was kind of an inside baseball joke or information that got stuck in there. Oh, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. You know. Okay. Um, the um, the one. The one part in there that was it was okay. Thinking back to the science of how this thing spreads, it was basically by a bite, which means what saliva and or blood and or the combination of the two. Um, but was interesting that there were several times where blood had been spattered, but it did not cause a reaction. Well, he even said he had it in his mouth after one attack. Yep. And and he certainly had blood all over his yeah, face. Half that's... The thing. Yeah, but it was the reason I bring that up is because the uh, the Israeli soldier that had wound up getting her her arm amputated because it had been bitten um, wound up saving her life, which leads you to believe that it, you know it's a bloodborne something or other. Well, I'm trying to remember now, like the AIDS virus, if I remember correctly, yeah, that's a a, a blood thing, but. Um, is something about I think the saliva in the mouth had enough you know acid in it or something I believe to kind of uh, maybe not neutralize it but at least weaken it a little bit so I think maybe there was some some science I'm I don't re- I'm not remembering exactly how it was but it was more like you had to uh, 
you know, like blood or, you know, uh, through, you know, uh, intercourse or something like that. But I think if you just got, you know, some in your your mouth, I think it, you weren't as in at uh, higher risk as you would be through another method. Right. Yeah. It, and that's never quite made clear in the movie, you know, the, the actual science of the spread, um, you know, whether it, obviously it's from a bite, but that's not science. That's, you know, that's just anecdotal observation which you know after oh i don't know two or three billion becomes a little bit more than anecdotal but um yeah there's there's no real talk in there about you know uh they they decided it is a virus not a bacteria and um but yeah the 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 bloodborne airborne you know whatever born um wasn't talked about this the solution at the end i have to admit i i watched uh uh the movie, you know, the, my chair and my TV are so far apart. Um, there's a, a, a scene in there where he's in the um, storage facility of all these deadly diseases, the the pathogens that the World Health Organization has on file but is under extreme lock and key. Um, and, and, of course, he's in the middle of it, and he holds up a notebook to it, to a, a security camera, and it said something. And I went crazy oh. thinking, what because I couldn't see it from across the room, what it had written. I was thinking he had indicated which disease that he had chosen so that they would get the, the anecdote right. And, it's, and I had to go back and rewatch it. And it said, oh, tell my family I love them. And I'm like, oh, man, that's not what I wanted to read. I wanted to know <laughs> which poison you picked. So anyway. I did, I did think it was funny that, yeah, okay, the zombies are dangerous and all that. But he essentially piled the most dangerous uh, substances known to man, infectious substances known to man, put them in a bin in and then carried box, them. Yeah. yeah, carried them back. Like, oh, okay, here we go. Just <laughs> and everybody's like, yeah, you made it. Hey, dude, drop, put that thing on the desk. Don't drop it. Yeah, don't trip and yeah, don't spike it when you uh, yeah. get get across the goal line. So because if you drop that thing, you're going to kill the entire world <laughs> just as surely as the zombies will. Yeah, it and. There, you know, it was an interesting um, uh, criteria, I guess, that you know we need a a, a terminal disease that's curable. You know, because the the only thing that was they called it camouflage that would camouflage people uh, to the zombies was a terminal illness, um, and so you know it, it couldn't be. A common cold. It, it had to be something pretty major, which is weird. Although you know, you think about it, you, uh, they they claim that dogs can smell cancer. Uh, matter of fact, there's some there's scientific evidence to that effect. Um, so you know, the zombies was was walking around. The one that confronted Brett Jerry in in the movie um, was sniffing him. Essentially, was sniffing him like a dog, you know. So apparently, term, this terminal disease that condition, um, it, it appeared to me that there was some odor that was being given off. That you know, basically, the zombie said, "I don't care about you. You're sick. I want healthy stuff." So yeah, but it, the one thing I did like about this movie is it, it, it you know, not totally hundred percent scientific, but it's not bad. 
It's really not bad. The idea that um, it's you know, terrible. No, it's not bad. It's not like some of the stuff we've done where it's like, okay, just ignore that. I mean, we can at least sit here and criticize it. Whereas some of the the stuff we cover, it's just like, okay, look the other way. There is no science there whatsoever, but it's a plot device. You know, See, I just I just don't think it's 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 not internally consistent within the movie. That could be because, uh, like, okay. Like you said, okay, maybe it's a smelling thing, except for you've got a whole bunch of zombies that don't have noses. Right. They're zombies and, at that point. Yeah. And, like, uh, these zombies are, like, all of them, every single one of them is the best thing, the, the best detector for every single uh, terminal disease terminal yeah. disease going. Right. And not just kind of like, oh, I'll sniff you out and take some time, just like, I am full on running and there's something in front of me and I immediately like split second determine, oh, that thing's dying. I'm running around it. Right. That's Although, the thing that's. Yeah, but you know, think, you know, um, wild animals, you know, wolves on deer herds. It's kind of the same there. They don't, they don't take, well, I should no, take that no, back. They, they do prey take on the, the weak they ones. Do take the, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But well, are, maybe, maybe it's more like sour milk. Um, because my wife and I, well, no, my wife and I have this debate because uh, I can tell the day before milk will go bad, and I'll sit there and I'll taste it, and, and, and she goes, oh, it tastes fine, just drink it. And then the next day she's going, oh, hey, this milk is sour. And maybe it's the same sort of thing that uh, maybe, you know, they're, they the, they smell sour or maybe because of the way the uh, virus has affected them somehow that, I'm not going to say it gives them, you know, super, well, if you can regenerate, I guess you have some sort of superpower there or something like that. But maybe it does give them a, you know, another sense that, you know, this is unhealthy. I should stay away from it. So well, the difference between deer and humans in this case and zombies and wolves is that wolves would be eating deer for meat, for to live, to sustain themselves, whereas zombies are looking to pass it on, apparently. That's their only instinct yeah. remaining is to create more zombies. So a and little bit, maybe a little bit. Don't get me wrong. It yeah. didn't make me I – didn't, I didn't dislike this movie. I thought yeah. it was good. I just thought that that was a, a weak part, and especially yeah. in comparing it to the book because the, like, the way they got rid of the zombies was hard work. They, mo- they just kind of like were going to line up. The entire army shoulder to shoulder, and we're going to march across the country and kill every single zombie. Hmm. Like it was just, it was a long, drawn out, slogging it out fight. Well, apparently they did change the ending of this movie too. It basically had to be rewritten um, because it. Uh, well, they. Let me see if I can like, find it. The, the movie originally had a budget of 125 million, and it ended up going up to 190 million because right. I think they did six weeks of reshoots. So yep. they did; they essentially filmed like half of the movie again. <laughs> yeah, Paramount. Here's uh, Paramount executive Mark Evans and Adam Goodman, the president of production, did not like the original cut, which has the Russian ending. Um, both men felt it was incoherent and abrupt, so they brought in Damon Lindoff to view the cuts, and he suggested to either add new scenes to improve coherence or do a complete third act rewrite and risk additional resource plus reshoots. So he gave in, um, yeah, basically that's what happened. 
But one of the things that they did by doing it this way is they they ended it on a somewhat hopeful note, as opposed to you know just like you say slogging it out. And I don't know what the Russian ending um, version looked like. I, I don't know what that ending would have been. But the, this one certainly ended on a hopeful note. It it didn't um, it didn't give the impression that you know now everybody's got a vaccine and we're all good. But it, 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 this movie so reminded me of I Am Legend. Um, it, you know the idea that one person is the one that's going to you know uh, figure the whole figure thing the out. Whole out and deliver the anecdote. You know, um, yeah. Well, it didn't make him out to be that sort of hero, but at least he did figure out a few things, at least, you know, a, a direction to go. Because where is in I Am Legend, I think, if I remember correctly, didn't uh, he have the, the, or his blood had the serum in it, or or somebody's blood had the serum, the antidote for this, yeah. Yeah. this thing. And it wasn't that neat a package. It just kind of said, here's what we do to need to turn the battle in our, our favor. It wasn't like it, there wasn't necessarily an ending to this movie. It's just that, yeah, there was some hope for the future there. What I, the one part of the ending that somewhat bothered me, um, not really, but you, know, you got the impression as the movie was going on that the entire freaking planet had gone up in smoke and fire. And then somehow at the end, they're ramping up production for you know deadly diseases as well as anecdotes um it's like okay so that was you know you got to have a well truly an industrial military complex at that point to to make that happen and you got the impression almost all the way through the movie that all of that had broken down oh by the way does anybody know how long an aircraft carrier can stay out to sea I should have looked I that think, up. Uh, Indefinitely, isn't it? Yeah, pretty nuclear, much. Nuclear ones? Because I think they're more restricted by uh, food. Yeah, I was going right? to say it's food. And then the other thing that bothered me about that scenario, too, was the choppers coming and going. The, the ship can probably go on for one hell of a long time, but you can't fly yeah. choppers all the time unless you've got fuel. So, yeah, because that kind because of sounded I, like the strategy. They were just going to go out in the middle of the Atlantic and huddle there until... I, I think... Th- I think I read somewhere that uh, I don't know if it was an aircraft carrier or a submarine, but that their reactors would have to be refueled after 20 years or something like that. Yeah, it's probably submarine. I think nuclear submarines can go for a long time. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, it'd be more a uh, um, characteristic of supplies and then if everyone didn't lose their ever-loving mind and start killing each other, that would be the <laughs> other thing. Because, I mean, you military people in submarines, you know, undergo a certain amount of screening, but you put a bunch of civilians in there because uh, it was a mix of civilians. And, well, it, only civilians that needed to be there because once they thought Brad Pitt was dead, well, okay, you guys off the ship you go, uh, which have I thought guys, was a little uh, cold. Have you guys ever heard the, the Bob Newhart uh, submarine commander piece? Ooh, I may have a long time ago. It's 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 on YouTube and it's worth uh, listening to. It's a whole. It's it's the uh, uh, 
Bob Newhart is the submarine commander of the first submarine to circumnavigate the the Earth underwater. And he starts off by, you know, well, it's been a long time. And, you know, you, know, you guys have done a great job. And uh, I'd really like to get my uh, XO back. And, uh, you know, and uh, like things have gone great, ex- except for the mutiny. That was just a small thing. <laughs> right. it's, it's, a, it's a very, very funny. But he hits on, like, you know, the kind of insanity that occurs <laughs> like of a small group of people that are cooped up together for months and Way months and long. months. Yeah, well, yeah that and- was something... Uh, Mike, that you brought up the way that the family was treated on board, that was that was obviously harsh. Um, and the one thought that came to my mind was, okay, they shipped these guys off. Um, who did they replace them with? I mean, where were they finding new people to bring on to, you know, serve whatever purpose they needed? Because they, they, they managed to get rid of those folks within, what, 48 hours? I mean, it was like, if you don't get your daily call, boom, you're done. Yeah. Well, you know, so much for, you know, your husband's service, you know, we respect you and everything. Okay. And, you know, buy, you know, send us a postcard or something when you get there, you know, whatever. I almost took that as like, like they couldn't stay there forever. And I, I think that they, okay, we're, we're not going to just take them back to Philadelphia and drop them off. Mm. We're going to take them somewhere else that's safe. Well, because they ended up at that, that, that camp in Nova Scotia that was, you know. Was okay. It was relatively safe, you know, compared to Philadelphia. Yes, but uh, well, and realistically, if you look at uh, uh, Nova Scotia, would probably would be an excellent place yeah. because it's it's uh, it's attached to the mainland by a small, fairly small causeway. So once you cleared out Nova Scotia, it would be very easy to secure it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of well, like a, a I was going to say a mini Alcatraz. How about a macro Al- Alcatraz? Yeah. Yeah, it's not an island, but you know. No, but it's it's yeah, it's close enough, but too hard to get to. Yeah. Well, or or Greenland would have been another one because I think they have a rather sparse population, and uh, you could either you know wipe out the population or you know and screen them or something, and then move up there because that is an island that. You know, and and the one the, they mentioned this at the beginning of the film that the airlines were the perfect you know dis. Persian mechanism, whatever. But I have to admit, the, the most tense moment of this film for me was when the zombies hit on the plane. It's like, okay, really? How oh, yeah. do we get out of this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, but, the, it, his solution was, well, I mean, you're kind of doomed either way, at least if you blow a hole, a hole in the side of the airplane and suck all the zombies out. At least you won't be infected and hopefully you'll survive the crash landing. So it was kind of one of those... Uh, damned if you do not quite so damned if you do it this way uh kind of uh scenarios but you know i guess you make it in a split second and um i'm kind of going okay how do you guys write yourself out of this and that was their solution so i'm kind of going well it's a brave choice yeah i was gonna say honestly given the the choices okay i mean really your choice die by zombie or die by plane crash you know okay i'm good with that (laughs) And, you know, I did see uh, when they were in Israel, you know, there was a, a, a person or two that sacrificed themselves with a, a hand grenade because they knew they were going to yep. be dead in seconds. Anyway, uh, that didn't turn out so well because then that coll- allowed the scaffolding to collapse. And then the zombies were able to get in amongst the people. So that didn't have the desired effect. You know, it's, this is another interesting movie, too, that goes back to the trope that I, I, I love uh, and is common in sci-fi. You had guns. 
you know, and they were used. You had you had uh, grenades, and they were used. At the end of the movie, they were showing things like flamethrowers and nuclear bombs or whatever kind of bombs being used as well. But when it came right down to it, you were talking about baseball bats and hatchets and, you know, fire to some extent and hand-to-hand combat and magazines and duct tape. Um, well, in the book, they end up they're. It's an American invention. They call it the uh, the Lobo, I think, the lobotomizer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's essentially they take uh, leaf springs from trucks and they just shape them into giant machetes. And that becomes the primary weapon that they use for taking out zombies. So a four-foot-long machete. Um, I can't remember the details. of. I remember that they make them from leaf springs of trucks, but I think – and it's on a pole too, or something like it's like a big uh, halberd or something. Yeah, there, you know, there was kind of a hint of that in this movie. At one point, uh, Jerry was uh, duct taping a kitchen knife to, right? I don't know, broom handle or something, some sort of spear he was trying to make. So yeah, yeah. There so was it a always, lot of. It, it, it's interesting that it always comes back down to these, you know, ancient, archaic yeah. weapons. There was a lot of really cool stories in the book. One of the guys that he interviews, he's this old, I think he's 80 or something, this old Japanese guy, and he was blind, and he'd done martial arts his whole life, and when the zombie outbreak came, he just went to this national park, and he just more or less camped there, and when he when he realized the zombies were coming, he just backed his way up this very, very narrow hill, and when the zombies came after them, he just stood there for, I think he stood there for like 16 hours or something like that, killing zombies because they could only come at him one at a time. Mm. And he just, he would kill them uh, because he, he could, he maneuvered them so that he could face them one at a time. And he had like, a, he had some sort of a pole or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was just knocking, killing them and knocking them off this cliff <laughs> for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> Well, and one of the scenarios I was picturing at the end of the movie was a bunch of boom boxes and a ring of lava. Yeah. Yeah, you just put a bunch of boom boxes out there and you build a, you know, a moat around them with a, a bunch of lava or something in there that you could, you know, keep hot and they would cook them and you just play the boom boxes and they'll be like uh, flies attracted to a, you know, a flame and they'll just keep running in there and and well, killing them, so. One of the other stories in the book, they set up uh they there was a huge uh, the zombies had congregated in certain areas for I can't remember why, but they just seemed to kind of migrate to certain areas. And there was a huge, huge number of them in uh, New Orleans. So they set up just outside of New Orleans and they had these huge speakers and they just set up like an old fashioned hollow square with soldiers. And I don't know. They had a couple of thousand soldiers, I think. And they would chopper in ammunition in the middle of the square and then they would play music on the and it would suck in the zombies and they they stood there for like a day or so and in the end they had uh, and that was actually they showed that in the movie it was the mountains of zombies that were on fire Mm -hmm. that's the way they described it there were zombies like piled 50 and 60 meters deep um in the uh, all around the square they just stood there drew them in and they just shot them Hmm. Like for days. Hmm. So, so this is the opposite of Manuel Noriega because they uh, surrounded his uh, uh, compound and played music to drive him out. Well, here you're <laughs> playing the music to bring the zombies in. Yep. There you go. That it's and it's interesting too to be, you know, to be clear that 
essentially once you were bit, you were dead. You know, it wasn't like you had been brought back to life or that you were you were alive but infected. You were dead. These were essentially animated corpses. Um, so, because that, there was a couple of times where it was like, you're thinking, oh my God, what do you, you know, if, if that's like somebody that you know or whatever, but um, it's like, yeah, no, these people are, are, are dead already. It's They're not human anymore. So... Well, and, you know, I had a little bit of a problem, but, you know, I let it go because I realized, you know, they're making the movie and you can't dwell on this too long. But, you know, the the speed which with uh, which with the in, uh, infection spread, which was like just a matter of a few seconds or something like that. It, you know, I didn't I don't know that if you can convert cells that quickly through a whole body, you know, it seemed like it was a, a few seconds or maybe a couple minutes, but that still seemed rather quick for uh, an infection like that to spread. But it, uh, they also said it had gotten shorter, so it sounded like the infection was still evolving. Um, so what had once taken days was now taking seconds. Yeah. So, yeah. Basically, it was something that, you know, we had never seen before. So... And it was completely out of control. I mean, when you're talking about billions, and, the, and they were racking up numbers at the beginning of the show in billions, um, you, you know, I can't even relate to what may or may not happen at that point because it's just unprecedented. Well, and they never really did specify a a cause, uh, a route for the infection. I know I was trying to watch the news footage when the movie was starting and you they had all sorts of news stories on there some that may or may not have related to the story but you know they were talking about environmental issues they were talking about um i think maybe there was some um genetically modified organism uh talk i don't remember everything that was in there but i was trying to see if there was a hint in there that may have suggested what could have caused the this in the first place yeah that i I don't think there's ever any indication of that. I, I really don't yeah. know. I don't ever remember them saying definitively in the book either. Yeah, they and I, to some extent, I don't know person. that it matters. I mean, it, yeah, uh, they never really even track down patient zero, and I, and it turns out that doesn't matter either. So where it came from, nobody knows. But you know, this is how you deal with it. Well, you didn't know if it was man-made or if it was uh, Mother Nature thinning the herd again. What did you think of the North Korean solution? <laughs> I can't and, and remember for, if they for did. The people they who didn't see the movie, the um, spoiler: the North Korean solution is. I, I just was talking about this is spread by being oh. bitten. So, according to the oh. movie, the North Korean solution was to remove the entire population's teeth within 24 hours. So, and apparently it wasn't spreading in North Korea. Um, okay, yeah, I mean, if you don't mind Jello for the rest yeah, of your life. Say, really? Extreme, but effective. Uh, apparently. <laughs> I mean, well, you're alive. Yeah, and seriously, when it comes right down to it, a zombie infection like that or dentures? Uh, you know, dentures are cool. <laughs> well, yeah, they're, they're okay. You're used to them, so. Yeah, but um, the the... Um, the idea of pulling out, you know, removing the teeth from an entire population of a country, especially one like North Korea, where I don't know anything about North Korea, does anybody? But I got to imagine there's a lot of rural people who, you know, aren't up on the news and that kind of thing. Is kind of an interesting twist. Well, when was this movie made now? Because you know, you bring 
Okay, so it's relatively new. Yeah, okay. Yep. Uh, because, yeah, okay, so um, because, you know, North Korea has been known for some, let's just say, interesting <clears throat> leaders. Uh, so for them to go and do something like that is completely believable. It is. That's the sad part. Right. It, it kind of totally, the 24 hours thing is hard to believe, but the idea that they would do that is not at least, you know, from a, an American perspective of the information that we get about North Korea, it's like, yeah, huh? no, that I can totally believe that. Well, no, when they have uh, their leader supposedly uh, turned a pack of hungry dogs loose on his uncle um, for show or something like that, no, this yeah. is completely believable. Yeah. So it's it was like I say it was just kind of an interesting um, solution. So your two choices are, you know, like rip out everybody's teeth or um, infect yourself with a terminal disease and then be cured. So, yeah, interesting little disease we got going here. Well, yeah, if the okay, now you just made me think of something here and it's it's kind of a tangent, but if, you know, they avoid uh unhealthy people because they, you know, there wouldn't be a good vector for spreading their infection. Would that then mean that they would be skipping people who had dentures because, you know, um, that may not be good for biting people and spreading the disease? Would they be avoiding them too? That's a good point, yeah. Or, But the question would be, how would they know that? I mean, too, because if we go well, back to terminal how diseases, would they know that they're sick? Well, right. again, there's some evidence that there is a smell that can be picked up in that case. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, back to that thing, too. Um, we talked about how wolves and deer and that kind of thing, where wolves actually will go after the weak ones. But um, maybe zombies aren't eating here. Zombies are reproducing. And then you don't go after the the weak and the terminally ill. So, yeah, well, depends on how you look at that one. Well, then I'm just thinking too that you know we go back to the teeth issue here. The rednecks are golden then. <laughs> well, the one guy they had in the cell, the CIA dude, um, you know, he had like one remaining tooth or something. Well, so. actually, you watched the same one that I did then yep. because I the one that I saw in the theater. It did not have that guy pulling out his okay. teeth. Yeah, because I watched okay. the uncut version, and I, I know too. that there's additional footage. Yeah. So, okay, that's one of the different things. Is that uh, in the in the theater, uh, the theatrical version that I saw, the guys locked up in the uh, the cell. They have that conversation, but the whole part where he's pulling his teeth out, that didn't happen. Really interesting. Okay. It was a little well. I won't say intense. It was a little, well, gross, I guess. Yeah, it was a little <laughs> freaky. Right. But, yeah. You know, and I will give props to the guys, too, for this movie, because I'm not a big zombie fan. You know, I don't know. I just, meh, I don't care. But it also, um, it didn't go the gross you know, it, 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 there was somewhere along the way, like the Netflix genres was listing this as a horror film. And I'm like, oh, boy, here, what, what are we getting into here? It's supposed to be sci-fi. But as, hor- as far as horror goes, it's not that horrific. Um, there are a lot more, you know, action dramas that can, you know, Sons of Anarchy, for instance, um, they get more horrific than World War Z did. So, you know, um, kudos to them for not going after the blood, guts, and gore simply to go after blood, guts, and gore. Yeah. Well, because except for a few key uh, zombies, they really didn't concentrate on them 
uh, in minutia, I guess is no. what I'm trying to say, because they could have really, you know, zoomed in there and saw, you know, a pack feeding on, you know, yep. uh, people or right. they did have a few intense moments. Like they had the one in the uh, um, uh, World Health Organization that they were, you know, keeping an eye on. And they had, you know, one or two others. And that, that one that they had in the, the World Health Organization, I thought was really that was unnerving to you know yeah, look at that that was. creature. It was, but they didn't dwell on it. Yeah, for for the gore's sake, they put it there because it is like a pivotal part in the movie, and they are kind of key players. But you don't need to like yeah, you know, look uh, do a uh, intense case study on them. You get the idea. They're killing people and or converting people and whatever, and so they didn't need to really concentrate on it a whole lot. Yeah, no, I, I again I had really no expectations of this other than people said the book was so much better so maybe I had kind of low expectations of the movie having no baggage from of Brad Pitt other than I like I say nothing um, I, I was pleasantly surprised and, and some hesitation rega- regarding you know the zombie gore stuff that that could have been done I thought it was a pretty darn decent film you know whether or not it's like the book um, in my case, I didn't read the book, so I don't have that to compare to. So, as a standalone film, I thought it was pretty darn good. It's 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 got a rating on IMDb of seven out of ten, and I, sure, I'll give it a I'll give it higher than that. Even I'll give it more like an eight eight and a half. You know, I, I got no problems with this one. And and the it, it might be low in tech because most of the tech involved oh I don't know baseball bats, hatchets, and guns, duct tape, magazines, kitchen knives, that kind of stuff. But the science in there, or the tape and vanity fair to your arm, yeah, you know that kind of stuff. <laughs> that works, right? Yeah. The the uh, I thought it was a decent story based on enough science to make it. Oh, I don't know if I'd call it believable, but at least it wasn't to the point where you're like, oh yeah, plot device. Let's just move on, you know. So. Well, I think the tech angle from uh, in this story is that when all else techs, uh, when all other tech fails, there's still sticks and stones and fire. Fire, yeah. Always fire. So, yep. Cool. Well, since there's no tech in the show, is there anything you guys want? You know, like a, a zombie in a cage that you can take home or, um, you know. A pet a pet zombie? pet hmm. zombie or, you know, a, a <laughs> Vanity Fair armor or something. <laughs> uh, except for maybe scaring kids at school. I Ooh, don't that'd know. that'd be fun. Yeah, I know. Hey, kids. Meet my pet zombie. <laughs> I actually, I'll take a satellite phone because I'm going to. Oh, okay. uh, sh- I'm going to Chicago next week, and it'd be nice to have a phone that I don't have to. S- no, I, and I'm faced with the uh, pain of uh, how to get of getting a uh, American data package and everything. I just like to get a phone that I just works anywhere. Yeah. 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 Okay. There was one bit of science that even I figured out failed. Um, those were satellite phones, and she was making calls from her bunk in a freaking aircraft carrier. I don't think yeah. so. So anyway. Well, then of course she calls at the wrong time. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the instructions. I will call you once a day. <laughs> anyway. Quit, quit being a nervous Nelly. I'm yeah. the expert here. So. so. Oh, we should actually, also mention before we finish that there's they're in the works with a sequel for this. Oh, awesome! So. I'm up for that. This movie did actually make money. You mentioned the budget oh, was 190. It made a ton of money. It, yeah. Well, it didn't make much. What I saw was it was like uh, 220 million. That was domestic. 
Okay. It made 500 and over, well over 500 million worldwide. Okay, good. Because I thought, it was like, gosh, that just barely, you know, it, it broke oh, even. Yeah, but this not was much a more. very yeah. successful movie. Good, good. Because I, 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 I'd love to see it. Well, so and, cool. you know, you were talking about the rewrites in there, and I don't know, maybe he'll get, uh, get more in the, the second movie. But I thought I saw Matthew Fox in there, and I thought, oh, you know, because he's kind of a. Uh, has a certain star power to him anyway, and he was in there, and I think he had like about five lines or something. He was gone. Where did he go? So, and I was kind of perusing the trivia while you guys were talking, and it's about most of his uh, lines were cut out or something. Yeah, he, his role changed significantly as this uh, the movie got rewritten. So, but uh, you know, there might be hopes for the 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 second movie. Maybe they'll bring him back, and you know, maybe he'll have more of a a better chance in this movie. Then, yeah. Okay. So, anything else on World War Z? Uh, you know, just don't go around biting people, or you know, watch what you eat, <laughs> or something like that. Watch what you eat. <laughs> God, Mike, what? what? <laughs> watch what you eat. Yeah, anyway. Okay. Well, z- zombies always watch what they eat. Yeah, right before right. they chomp on them. Anyway, sure. that's going to wrap up this episode of Sci-Fi Tech Talk. You can just check us out at scifitechtalk.com where there's going to be some cool space junk available. Um, or you can follow us on Twitter at Sci-Fi Tech Talk. And if you have ideas, comments, uh, please send them to sci-fi tech talk at gmail.com. And, of course, reviews on iTunes are always welcome. Mike, where can folks find you? Yeah, I can be found at uh, DSC Chipman um, uh, on Twitter. And then I have an about.me page at about.me slash uh, Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. And, Jeff, where can people find you? People can follow me on Twitter at Bronco Sire, S-Y-E-R. And I can be found on Twitter at Julie Keel, J-U-L-I-E-K-U-E-H-L. And links to the other blogs, podcasts, and whatever else I've got going on can be found at about.me slash Julie Keel. But before we go, speaking of where we can be found, we will not be found here next week. Um, There's this thing called vacation. No, it's whatever. We're not going to be able to record next week. So um, we're going to get together. Uh, in two weeks, and I can't remember what we're doing. We're doing um, Guardians. Guardians is of the Galaxy. The yes. Okay, yep. so two weeks, which is what? October. Help me. Where's my notes? I normally don't open up my calendar until we're done. October 5th, yes. October 5th. We're going to do a special episode in two weeks. We're going to take next week off and, and October oh, 5th. No, October 12th. Okay. October, yes, because October 5th we're doing something. What's, see, in we time. should really get our schedules together <laughs> before. We, you wonder why we have such trouble. It's like, yeah, we know what we're doing, to, you know, about two hours in advance. So October 5th, oh, what are we doing? We are doing in time. We're doing in time, by request even. That's it. So October 12th. Three weeks from today, we're going to do a special episode. We're going to do a Google Hangout. We're going to invite the first ten people. Yes, uh, Mike, Jeff, and myself are the first three. So seven addition as as up to seven additional people to come into the Google Hangout and chat with us on Guardians of the Galaxy on video and in audio on video on audio, and there'll be a chat room down there as well. So. Um, 
if you want to, um, you know, get involved, plan your schedule uh, right now. Go ahead and, and um, make that, put that on your calendar for October 12th, because we're going to open up the doors and let all, everybody come in and, and have a chat. So it's for going to be at four o'clock uh, Central Time on October 12th. So do the calculations from there for wherever you might be. Yeah, we don't do universal coordinated time around here, so. Yeah, well, I can, but you know, let's not go there. <laughs> right. It's, especially this time of year, because with daylight savings times changing across different countries, it's just. 4 p.m. Central Time on October 12th, whatever time that might be, where you are at, timeanddate.com. <laughs> so. It's the second most important time zone that matters. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right, that's it for this show. We'll see you in two weeks, and in three weeks, we'll see you in a Google Hangout, which is definitely the future. It's the sci-fi tech